All right. Welcome in, folks. This is episode four of MCU Edge. I'm Jake Ellenbogen, your host of the show. And today we are going to be talking about Miss Marvel, the brand new Disney Plus uh, special that has finally, after a little bit, obviously this is a newer character, but finally um, Miss Marvel does have a place on the, uh, I guess, the silver screen, but also. You know, because she's going to be in the Marvels, uh, a movie that's coming out next year. Uh, but she also was shown and actually featured as the main character in the recent video game series, uh, the Marvel Avengers video game. So I'm going to give my thoughts on this. Uh, Julia, welcome to the show. Um, anyone can call in, you know, as usual, obviously. But if no one calls in, then I'm just going to continue talking about Miss Marvel. Look, Miss Marvel, coming into this, I was not very... I, I, I wasn't of the belief that this was going to hit home. I, I was not very confident that this was going to work. But I got to tell you, uh, you know, turning on the first episode, you know, obviously you sense a little bit of vibe. It's It's a little kid-friendly, maybe a little too kid-friendly at the beginning. Um, you know, you see her being a YouTuber and all of that, but I felt, and I don't feel like it necessarily went away from that tone, the happy go lucky kid tone, but I still felt really connected to this story. Um, want to know more about Miss Marvel, um, Kamala Khan, you know, all of that. And so, you know, I was very into it and i feel like this has a lot of potential to set up the next you know cosmic event and i understand that sounds you know a little crazy but you know watching the show i thought to myself hmm when she got the powers with the the bracelet or whatever i i thought to myself that this is going to have to in some way shape or form combine with captain marvel and what they're doing with photon Monica Rambeau. And I was thinking, I'm like, you know what? That, I guess we lost a connection there and the app just blew up. But what I was going to say is this is very much signaling the whole Marvel thing in the comics. Like this is the same, and I don't remember the name of it, but it's the same like bracelet gauntlet, whatever you want to call it, uh, thing that Marvel had and going to the negative zone and, and that whole deal. Um, we actually saw, you know, Kamala Khan go into the negative zone. So, um, she gets stuck there like, you know, Marvel does in the comics, but, she did go into the negative zone, come out. And so I don't, all of a sudden, I don't hate the way they're doing this. And furthermore, I'll say I like the way they're doing this. And the rumor is that the next upcoming uh, Miss Marvel shows, the, the episodes, are going to be more dark, um, not as kin friendly. So I think this was a nice way to kind of, you know, kick it off. Yeah, it was a little kid friendly for me at times, but. I still enjoyed it, and I was very impressed. It, it definitely brought my attention in. 
Uh, Julio, this show felt like it was meant for a teenager, and that's okay. You know, I absolutely agree. Um, I felt like there was, you know, a little, you know, a little kid vibe to it. But, hey, you know, she's also younger, um, the actress that, that's playing Miss Marvel. Um, she's actually, I believe she just graduated high school and she never had any acting experience. So that's, it's kind of crazy how, you know, she got picked for this role, but I think she did a damn good job the first run of the mill. And, you know, I think this, uh, this upcoming episode is going to be really interesting now that she has her powers, you know, because I'm glad they didn't drag it out, right? They, they didn't drag it out. They went right into it. She's got powers in episode one and, you know, I was really excited uh, for that, you know, that dynamic. Um, it has a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, for those of you who follow that. But, you know, right now, um, this is supposed to go into the next movie in that kind of cosmic realm of Captain Marvel. It's going to be called The Marvels. They went from Captain Marvel 2 uh, to you know, now we, we're going to have the Marvels. And I think that was the right move. It's not that Captain Marvel didn't deserve her own second film, um, but I really do feel like they made the right approach here. Because I think this bracelet, this gauntlet, whatever you want to call it, is going to have implications. She's going to be attracting attention. So as kid-friendly as the beginning is, as likable as Kam- uh, you know Kamala Khan is, I expect... This is going to take a turn, and it is not going to be a good turn for uh, Kamala. I, I think this show may not dive too much into it, but I think you know, with the uh, you know that officer guy that's going to reprise his role, he was in uh, Spider-Man: No Way Home. He's going to be in it. That tells me that she's going to get into some trouble. And I mean, how would she not get into trouble? You see that cosmic ability. And you have to see that, okay, there's going to be some trouble ahead. And so, all in all, um, I thought, you know, it was it was a good, I thought it was a really good intro. Because, again, this is just one of those shows where coming in, I was kind of annoyed. I was more annoyed that this show was starting before She-Hulk. Because I felt like She-Hulk was the first opportunity to see, you know, a Jessica Jones back uh, in reprising her role in the MCU or you know, Daredevil and getting that thing along. I feel like that's where we're going to see that is She-Hulk. But, you know, Miss Marvel had probably the most MCU references of any of the shows so far. I mean, right off the rip, obviously she's a huge MCU fan, both in real life and in the show. So it's like second nature to her. But, you know, because of that, you had the, you know, paying homage to, uh, you know, an honoring, of course, Black Widow and Iron Man. You know, and you you have that whole thing that the Ant-Man documentary and you have her, you know, doing the YouTube and all sorts of stuff, dressing up as Captain Marvel and, you know, the Avengers, uh, you know, the the Avengers Con or Avenger Con or whatever uh, that was actually taking place the same spot that the original Captain America uh, took place, you know, Camp Lehigh. So there's a lot of cool stuff that goes into this show and. I'm sure there's stuff that I missed. I watched it twice, uh, tried to find Easter eggs, couldn't find a ton. Um, As far as Easter eggs, I'm talking about ones that were actually hidden, not ones that were staring you in the face. Like, clearly, that is Iron Man. Like, there's, you know, an Iron Man picture or whatever. Not that. I mean, something that was hidden 
Um, I thought Matt Lintz as Bruno was a very good character. And I think that little dynamic between Kamala and uh, Bruno is going to be very interesting moving forward. But, you know, again, high schooler, loves Captain Marvel, you know, has all of a sudden mystical powers, cosmic powers, as she describes it. And that's pretty much how the the first episode ends, you know, is her with the cosmic powers. And we don't know what it's going to do. She was at a big Avengers convention. So there's going to be backlash here. Um, She did save, uh, I believe it was Nakia. She saved Nakia, who, I mean, she kind of put Nakia in danger in general. But she saved Nakia from falling and potentially falling to her death. So she's already a hero. but the question remains is who's going to be her antagonist? I haven't read too much into that because I didn't want to spoil it for myself, but I am very curious who there is going to be their, her antagonist. For those of you who have played the, um, the Avengers game, right? For those of you who have played the Avengers game, then you'll know that, you know, Kamala Khan was the main character. I think she was relatively likable. She's trying to bring the Avengers back. And that whole arc is not being explored in this one because while they're taking bits and pieces of the comics, it's not going to be a recreation. There's no Terrigen Mist. Uh, she's not an Inhuman. Inhumans don't exist yet. That whole deal. I don't know if that will eventually be later on because uh, what it could be is that she goes cosmic with this power and then eventually this power goes away because, again, it's all with the, the wristband, the bracelet, whatever you want to call it. And you know, eventually it could be that she has to give the bracelet up or it gets stolen or whatever. And then the Terrigen Mist, you know, down the line, maybe in phase five comes into play where she actually does get those stretchy arms and gets her actual power, not really a cosmic power. Um, What I was wondering is, you know, is the cosmic power kind of teasing what is to come as far as her actual power? Um, Another thing I was wondering, you know, she brings all this junk to the basement, or at least, you know, her brother does. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, does the mom know that this is, you know, how powerful, you know, that little thing is that she picks up, which ends up being the, the wristband or, you know, bracelet, whatever you want to call it. And I think that's really intriguing here because she says it's like the grandma stuff. It's like, is the grandma supposed to be like, you know, a version of Miss Marvel? Like in the past, was she into that or, you know, what is it the mom? Like, what is the deal here? And so I think it's, it's extremely interesting in that point of view, um, you know, for that reason. But also, you know, looking at just the the pressers and, and stuff like that, like you could tell that this show is, is being done the right way. They're getting a ton of press out there. They're really pushing it. And like I said, Rotten Tomatoes was really high on it at 97. Um, what do you guys think? I want to know. If you've seen Miss Marvel, what did you think about the premiere? Are you excited for what's to come? Were you like me uh, at the beginning and you know skeptical and then came away liking it? Or do you hate it? Like I want to know from you guys uh, what you guys think. Be sure to leave a comment or you can call into the show. And we could talk about it, but, you know, it is, uh, it's definitely going to be an interesting show moving forward. It's something I don't think the MCU has ever done before, uh, having that more kid-friendly approach. I think the closest that you could really compare it to is the way that John Watts did the Spider-Man trilogy with Tom Holland. I mean, 
you know, in a sense, you know, Tom Holland was definitely, maybe he was younger, but I felt like he was more like grown up or, or so to speak, you know, I feel like that was more of a grown up show or, you know, movie. Whereas Miss Marvel, it seems like she's a little, you know, she's not quite the age that you would expect, I guess. She, she's not as uh, grown up, so to speak. And I feel like this, the closest that you could get to Miss Marvel is probably the Spider-Man trilogy with Tom Holland. Um, and really, when I say Spider-Man trilogy, I really mean Homecoming. Because Homecoming, to me, was like kind of childish in a sense. Uh, got dark towards the end. But, you know, it, it's kind of the, the childish take on, on Spider-Man. And I don't mean, like, that in a bad way. I just mean it, it's not, like, a straight-ahead serious thing. There, there's comedy thrown in there. And that's kind of the vibe I got with, you know, Miss Marvel, uh, so to speak. And I think they did a really nice job of it, you know, through one episode. I can't wait for episode two. Can't wait to see how this whole thing uh, erupts. Because, again, like I said, if you guys, uh, you know, missed it, um, there's going to be you know, she's going to get in trouble for this. I mean, you can't just have cosmic powers, um, you know, in the modern day with all the, the phones and everything and get away with it. So I don't know if Captain Marvel will show up in this. I don't know if Monica Rambeau, Photon will show up. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did. I, I think if they do, it's going to be towards the end. But, you know, she's going to attract unwanted attention, whether it's from you know, law enforcement or, you know, whatever, she's going to attract unwanted attention. Um, I don't think she wanted this, but she got it. And so now, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. And, you know, I'm curious to see if this thing lasts two seasons or if this is a one-off. If this is a one-off going into Captain Marvel, I think that makes sense. You know, the, the Marvels, I, I think that makes sense. If it's not, I also think it makes sense because she's still a younger character, brand new. Um, so you could really develop this character, I think. And I think the best way to do it is on Disney Plus. You really get that that out there and you really push the narrative of Miss Marvel and, you know, push it with kids. You know, maybe the hope is obviously when they came out with this is that they're going to have kids gravitate towards this and may not even watch the MCU. You know, and this, you know, kind of spreads their audience a little bit more. And there's going to be people that hate it. Don't get me wrong. And I thought I was going to be one of those people. But through one episode, obviously, there's plenty of time to ruin it. Uh, and I could look at it on the other side. There's plenty of time for it to become, you know, fantastic. But, um, you know, through the first episode, I really came away liking it. And, uh, you know, I'm excited for, for what's to come. Um Everyone is welcome. If if they want to, you know, speak, I invited everyone to hop on. Um, but you know, that's that's really my initial thoughts on Miss Marvel. Came away kind of impressed with it, and I wasn't expecting it to be that good. What's up, Ashton? Welcome to the show, my man. Hey, hey, uh, I'm happy to hear you enjoyed it. Enjoyed Miss Marvel, and I will uh, fully agree with you there that. Uh, Man, it completely surprised me because the trailers, I, I got to say this, the trailers did that show such a disservice. I don't know if everyone else agrees with me because I expected the show, not necessarily from the actress herself, but I expected the show to be poorly written. 
Um, I expected a lot of the graphics, uh, the powers. I expected all of that to look not good, not top tier. I know Marvel hasn't really done something that's uh, necessarily bad in that department, but this was the first time where when I watched the trailers, I wasn't I wasn't impressed. And then when I started watching the show, I started getting into it. The characters started growing on me. Uh, for a first time actress, the I I don't know her name off the top of my head. She does great for a first time actress. I believe this is like her first ever gig. So very impressive stuff by her. Um, it was well written, very well directed. Uh, it just completely blew me away. Is it like the best? A pilot show I've ever seen? No. I don't think it's the best Marvel pilot show, but from what I was expecting, I was expecting like a 4, maybe a 5. I was expecting a show I didn't necessarily like, or I thought I would be like indifferent to. Uh, it came out like an 8 or a 9 for me. Uh, I love the family. The entire family uh, is great. All the actors that played the family uh, I enjoyed a lot. Yeah. I, I absolutely hear you there, man. I think I, – I won't say – I won't speak for everyone say, you know, our reaction is how a lot of people are feeling. But I have not seen the negativity that I thought I was going to see. And I'll be honest with you. I thought I was going to feel a little negative about this. I mean, I think we mentioned it on our last show. Um, I just was really bitter because I felt like, you know – she-Hulk has so much connecting, in my opinion. I think it's going to connect to the, you know, the Defenders and all of that. That I'm really hyped for that. And so, you know, to have this coming before it, I was kind of like, well, this time last year we were getting Loki, you know. And so it felt kind of unfair. But at the same time, you know, you got to just trust Marvel at this point. They really just, no matter, they've already proven it with Moon Knight, in my opinion. They can take any type of... You know, because how many times have we said, well, this isn't really like what they normally do, but this is really good. I mean, we started with WandaVision, right? WandaVision is nothing like anything the MCU has ever done before. Really good. Okay. Falcon Winter Soldier is more to their roots, right? It's more like, you know, Captain America Winter Soldier-esque, you know, Civil War, that type deal. It, It felt like to their roots. But then you have, you know, Moon Knight, which is like disassociative identity disorder you know, being, you know, in the full, the, the forefront, you know, and all of that. And so, you know, you have that, then you have Miss Marvel, which is more of like a kid's geared show, but I wouldn't say it's a kid's show right off the rip, you know what I mean? So I just think that their ability and Loki, which was just like, you know, Doctor Who, I mean, they really went out there, they put so much money and effort into that. I just feel like they've done such a nice job with these shows. What if was animated? Um, it just shows you the versatility and, and why, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is in just literally zero peril. They are in, you know, no danger whatsoever. When people say, oh, I'm a little worried that they're going to run out of material, this is why I'm not. Because they just continue to take, you know, characters like Miss Marvel, uh, who obviously Miss Marvel's bigger nowadays, probably bigger with the, the younger generation, because she came out in, I think, about 2013. But, you know, when it comes to, like, Moon Knight and all those characters, like, now you're digging into it. You know, you're, you're going, you're making Falcon, you're making Winter Soldier, like, top-notch. And I just think they've done a stellar job. And, you know, this just really drives home that point. 
I I feel like though, Jake, I will put it out there with Falcon Winter Soldier. I felt like if they keep on going in that direction, that's when you get stale. When you're putting out superhero content content that's kind of run of the mill, basic action, um, average acting, and not compelling villains. Like you have to have something. Not to mention. Uh, a different take on the superhero genre to keep people um, interested, uh, especially with how many movies and how much content we've seen in such a saturated time. You you have to put some spin and some flavor into it, and I feel like they did a good job with Miss Marvel of putting that in there, uh, kind of that Ferris Bueller vibe. Uh, I, I will say that one scene uh, when they're like riding their bicycles and they have the animation on the wall, that was so cool. Yeah. Well, and I like the texting scene too. Like I thought, you know, that they're creative. They're, you know, I'm not a big Scott Pilgrim fan, but, um, you know, it had those elements to it and I thought it worked for the show. And I, I don't think they overdid it either. Now, going back to your original point with the trailer, I felt like the trailer overdid it. I feel like the trailer kind of, you know, groomed us into thinking it was going to be all of that. When in reality, they didn't really use it as much as the trailer would have assumed. I think it was more used in the trailer than it was in the first episode. So, you know, I'm thinking that, you know, moving forward, this show is going to get more intense, I think. Um, But I I just like kind of going back to your point with, you know, Falcon Winter Soldier. I don't see them sticking with that. That to me was an introduction on like you could have called Falcon Winter Soldier how Falcon becomes Captain America. Like that to me is what that show was, right? And so I feel like that is that, but I also feel like moving forward with that because, you know, with the MCU, there are things broken up. And, you know, you run the risk. I mean, if you go too cosmic, then the stuff on earth isn't interesting and vice versa. So, you know, it's all of that, but I think the Thunderbolts are really the next step there. I mean, I understand there's going to be a Captain America four. There's a lot of rumors, heavy rumors, implications saying that Chris Evans will be back for that, but he will not be the main super, uh, he will not be the main Captain America. So that is in the works, but, the Thunderbolts movie that is rumored right now, not even rumored, it's already confirmed that they're working on it. You know, that is, that's what's getting me hyped. The idea of like, I don't know if I want Bucky necessarily in there, but I really like the idea of US agent. Um, you know, I thought, you know, he did such a great job. Um, you know, and I really like the idea of Yelena Belova and using ghost because for whatever reason, ghost was the main reason that, Ant-Man even got stuck in the quantum realm to begin with. And we haven't even seen Ghost since Ant-Man and the Wasp. So I definitely would like to see Ghost and, uh, you know, Taskmaster. I don't really know what to think about Taskmaster because I just feel like they kind of ruined Taskmaster. But regardless, I'm excited for the Thunderbolts. I'll say that. Yeah, I'm going to have to see more about that. I feel like that could be... It could be a cluster. That's a lot of different characters that haven't really been um, 
a few of them have had really good story arcs. You've had good background. Other ones, not so much, right? So how are they going to go and introduce all those characters in the movie? Who's going to be the main villain? That's a other important thing that kind of like make it believable they're fighting someone who's equal to all those powers. So um, we'll see. That's where I think Armor Wars might have something to do with that. You know? I, I think they're going to use a Disney Plus show to kind of get us groomed into think. okay, these characters can work. Because, essentially, the Thunderbolts are going to be used like the Suicide Squad. Like, it's going to be Marvel Suicide Squad. So, that that's how I see it anyway. That That's what I was, you know, hearing about it. So, I could see them going multiple different routes with that. Um, I just would prefer they let Bucky be White Wolf. I, I don't want him to go to you know the thunderbolts and like i want him to stay on the the straight and narrow if that makes sense that movie need need to be balanced what what do you mean julio needs to be balanced are you talking about like tone wise or character wise i'm not even seeing julio's comments so he just posted it who's post has it just been julio that's posted uh, character. I mean, balance with characters. Yeah, I feel like it. Um, it could have that fear from the original Guardians movie before that came out that you could overpack a movie with new introductions. Um, because a lot of these characters, yeah, they've been villains, but we know how much effort, uh, Marvel has put into its villains. Like very rarely do they actually develop villains in their movies. Yeah. Oh, see now I'm seeing all. Okay. Now I'm seeing people comment. I apologize. I was not seeing that earlier. Um, what's up, Ricky? Let's see. Oh, I see your comment now. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't seeing any comments before. It just wasn't showing up for me. So, you know, I think, um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be one of those ones where, again, is Marvel maybe taking a little bit of a risk, maybe, but, you know, they were taking a risk with this one, I think. Because this is the big, this is the big summer, you know, I, I won't say big summer spot, but, I mean, the majority of summer, I guess. The idea where, Okay, so we're gonna have Miss Marvel in the same slot as Star Wars is gonna have Kenobi. You know what I mean? Like, that's a pretty big deal. I will say I was impressed by the She Hulk trailer. Like that was one trailer where the Miss Marvel trailer kind of turned me off to the show. I didn't think I was gonna like it. But the She Hulk trailer, I was not excited for that show at all. And then it dropped, and outside of the CGI looking very sketchy for her, outside of that, um, the show looks really good. And I hope they lean into the kind of legal element of it, too. Oh, yeah, that's what I heard. It's, I mean, it's basically like a legal comedy is what they list it as. It's going to be more action, though. Uh, Gregory, what's up? Uh, Falcon Winter Soldier ruined Bucky. I wouldn't say it ruined Bucky, but I do see why people were complaining about because, it, like I said, it was basically you could have just called it how Falcon became Captain America. 
Well, I I guess my biggest issue with Falcon Winter Soldier was especially with how they treated the power scaling of Winter Soldier. He felt weak. Like, he was fighting Captain America, like, 1v1, and then he gets a better arm and is now, like, barely fighting these fake Captain Americas. Like, that, that was a little bit annoying how they wrote it. It is funny because... In the original Captain America, um, you know, Red Skull talks about how there are no flags in his future or whatever. And so then all of a sudden you have the flag smashers. <laughs> I thought that was, uh, you know, a little nice touch there. But what did you think about the flag smashers? Because I, I, I don't know. I like I felt like they were all right. Um, I, I felt like, you know. I don't know. What do you think? Because that show, I think, had a lot of things that I really enjoyed. But I think it definitely, this is how I would say, Falcon Winter Soldier succeeded on the idea of, you know, WandaVision already coming out, and it was one of the early ones. If that came out now, I don't think people would have liked it nearly as much. Um. I honestly, I think it was missing a more centralized villain, a villain that was more focused on, that had more presence. The main actress who played the main villain was not good. She frankly just was not good enough to be the main villain of a show of that caliber. Uh, Just being frank, Uh, it was just, she had no gravitas. They didn't really focus on her backstory. Like, I kind of get reminded, I would have loved the villain kind of like from Game of Thrones, uh, the what, the man with no name. Like that style of villain would have been great for Falcon and Winter Soldier to go up against. Someone who's like, you don't see them a lot, they're an assassin, they're kind of orchestrating this whole thing from beneath, like uh, behind the scenes. There's many ways you could have taken it versus... Uh, random lady that hates the government, like, or bring in someone like Bullseye. You could have done that. That would have been interesting. Uh, it, there are a lot of characters they could have gone with versus just generic terrorist, domestic terrorist, which is what she was. And you mix that with poor writing and her uh, subpar acting performance. You're gonna get a un like very weak villain. Well, and one thing that I think Falcon Winter Soldier um, viewers had an issue with. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest here. We're all chomping at the bit for you know X Men, Deadpool, Fantastic Four. Like that is obvious. Most fans are chomping at the bit for at least one of those. And you know, I just feel like they tease the hell out of an X-Men reveal. And I I know people were upset about that. Like, you know, I I forget which, um, which location they were at. Something poor. Majapur. Oh, yeah. You know, and that like, that's a location that is like big in the X-Men comics, like especially Wolverine. So, you know, I feel like part of that, I mean, I thought it was cool. I I didn't really think we were going to get the X-Men. I was more so hoping, but I think a lot of people got turned off by that. Um, 
you know, and, and I think the, the problem is you go into these shows, these are one of a kind shows, you know, Marvel studios had never done anything like this. So, you know, when we get WandaVision, for instance, and we have, you know, Paul Bettany saying, you know, he is so excited to work with this guy, like, you know, whatever he said, and he's teasing a cameo and ends up being him. Um, you know, I just think we didn't really know how to process everything because I think we assumed we didn't know how big they would go. Does that make sense? Like, we didn't know how big, like, they would go with the cameos. Well, it did really, really piss me off when they pulled the whole uh, alternative Quicksilver thing. That was kind of like a, not a slap in the face, but that was like, oh, you think we're going there and we're not. Like, just, if you're going to do that, just don't even do it, right? Like, if you're not going to make the full reference or you're you're just going to, like, poke fun at the character being the exact same actor, like, you didn't need to do that. Um and at that point, we had already heard about the Multiverse of Madness coming out. And we kind of, you know, suspected, okay, the multiverse could, you know, and she's she's drawing this energy to create the Hex. And, they did know, a cliffhanger. They, they made it a cliffhanger. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I thought, you know, they might, okay, like this might go into that or whatever. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, kind of looking at... And, and this is what I do like is that when you watch everything that they've come out with, um, as far as all their shows, they complement each other really well because they give you all different feelings and different emotions and different takeaways. And like, I felt like Hawkeye was really fun. Um, but it, it didn't have like any, like, I mean, it had a couple dark moments, but like, I don't know. WandaVision got creepy. If you remember, I mean, WandaVision had that moment where you're not really sure what's going on and you know they're talking like you can hear through the the speaker right and then that one you know Beverly or whatever she just kind of stands there in the black and white scene and just kind of like you know breaks open the glass and the glass cuts her and you can all of a sudden see the blood just like you can see the the uh, plane that goes into the hex, like, and then the bee guy, like the beekeeper, you know, there's just these different weird things that were going on in WandaVision. So it kind of gave you this eerie feeling. Then, you know, Falcon Winter Soldier kind of brings you back to the MCU and like the reality of like what a down to earth hero story feels like, right? Action, just straight ahead action. And then, you had Loki that was like larger than life. Like what on earth is this very doctor who inspired and you have, you know, what if, which was literally everything in, you know, animation and you know, all of that. And then, you know, just everything that they've done, it's just created different emotions, different feels and takes. And I really appreciate that about this whole direction they're going in with these TV series, because I'll tell you right now, like, I thought Moon Knight, that ending, in my opinion, was the best ending, the best finale of any of the shows. And that's saying a lot because I thought the Loki one was nuts and I thought WandaVision was nuts. Mm -hmm. uh, it, quick question, Jacob. In your opinion, what do you think is the weakest 
show, the worst show out of all the Marvel Disney Plus shows. Because I think we both can agree, probably the overall best, uh, I would say is WandaVision, if you're talking about pure strength over the entire season. Uh, do you agree with that? That WandaVision's overall the probably the most, or the best? So I would say the best one to me is Loki. Um, Loki, okay. I just... I, I think they're in the Loki same tier, is though. Just another level. Yeah, they're in the yeah, same I, tier. I, you, you would put them like right next to each other. Um, I would. I mean, I put Loki ahead, like by a margin. You know, I think Loki was just different. Um, but Wandavision to me was number two. Uh, you know, but, and I would say, I would say Moon Knight because what Moon Knight did that doesn't get talked about enough is it succeeded without, you know, kind of just like, oh, hey, by the way, this is Marvel, you know? Hey, this connects to this. Like, it succeeded based on an entire original story, essentially. Like this, you know, using source material, of course, but they didn't, like, use any connections to the blip or anything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I feel like, and just the psychological aspect of it, I feel like that was probably third. But... One movie, uh, one show that I can't like just figure out where to place it is Hawkeye because Hawkeye to me was done so well and I loved it, but like I don't know where I place it out of all the Disney Plus shows. I almost feel like if you're talking about overall average, um, if you're talking about consistent through line, I think Falcon and Winter Soldier had the most mediocre from episode to episode. Um, but I do think the highs and lows were higher and lower for uh, Hawkeye. Yeah, I mean, I do think like the, I don't know, the LARP. There were like scenes that were like, you know, kind of like slapstick funny, but also like I wasn't really feeling it. I wanted to watch it progress, and we all knew Kingpin was going to be, you know, showing up. So I think a lot of us also wanted Kingpin to just finally show up and not look at like, you know, stupid scenes like that. But I don't know. Vera Farmiga, like, she played a great character, I thought. Um, I thought she played that role very well. And. I- you they know, should have leaned more into the murder mystery part of it. Honestly. I agree. I feel like they kind of just, you know, it was just like, yeah, it is what it is. But I was surprised when the guy, and I forget his name off the top of my head now, um, like her, her husband or her potential husband, I was surprised when, like, it was almost like it was a, and I'm not saying that he won't eventually become a villain or anything, but like, he was kind of a misdirection, kind of similar to Ralph Boner. Yeah, he was a slapstick, like, purposely making him look evil. And it's like lazy writing, in my opinion. You can give interesting, deep characters and leave up there to be a question mark whether he's the one doing it or not. You don't have to shine a bright flashlight on him on purpose and have him twirling his mustache to only be like, oh, no, he wasn't all along. He was good. He was just a weirdo who really li- loved knives. like that. And then <laughs> he starts murdering people out in the, like, 
uh, parkway in front of cops. I'm like, okay. Uh, it was just weird. The, the character was written like that show has so many weird parts to it where if they would have streamlined it, I felt like it needed another revision to the script because you had potential for a great show there if you stuck to the crime thriller aspect to it, the murder mystery, because I agree with you. For Amiga, her name, she's a great actress. She knocked it out of the park, and the fact that she had to act against more campy actors that, and, like, they didn't get good scripts anyways, it kind of ruined it a little bit. Like, they had the potential for a great villain. Now, what did you think about Echo? Because, to me, like, I don't know how Echo got her own film before, like, Daredevil and all those. Like, I, I don't know. I felt like that was a little weird. I I just think Marvel is a little hesitant to lean into Henry, or what, Cox, uh, as Daredevil. At that time, you have to remember, this got made two or three years ago, and I think they had just started uh, transitioning a lot of the uh, Netflix Marvel stuff, and I don't think they had the actor lined up fully for more movies and more second time shows. that's happened yeah it, it kind of really sucks because i feel like they would have done a daryl devil show instead of her and i think they're like okay we'll introduce him if we have to recast him in her show and then he ended up showing up in spider-man i think they got his contracts like good to go and they're like well we already greenlit this echo show like that's yeah. a show I'm not excited for at all. Like at all. I mean, the problem is, you know, she doesn't talk. So like, wh- what is that show going to be about? Like how, like what, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to hate, obviously. Like, I understand that is a sensitive topic for some people, but like, is the, how much dialogue is going to be in the show, you know? And on top of it, like, like Julio's saying, there just isn't hype for this show. Like, they really went off a few episodes of Echo showing up to then say, yeah, she needs her own TV show. Like, to me, they should have introduced Echo in the uh, Daredevil show. Uh, well, I don't mind her being introduced in Hawkeye, but then, like, you know, getting to know her more in the Daredevil show. And then you know, seeing how the fans react and then seeing, okay, maybe it makes sense to have her have her own show. I don't know. It's very odd. Um, It's more odd to pitch you a potential really good echo show. I don't think they'll do it at all, but uh, what if she gets transported into the, into a multiverse realm and it's kind of like a quiet place but with her in it and like monsters that are super hyper like focused on hearing too and it's her trying to hide and like it's like super horror-esque and her trying to figure out a way home while fighting these monsters that are very similar to her i know like you lose the intensity of like her not needing to speak but it would be her like balancing using her powers, uh, right? Doesn't isn't she like Black Bolt almost? I mean, I, I kind of. I she's she's kind of like Daredevil, if anything. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I, I, I don't know. I I've seen like I saw you know they're they're already filming it right. Um, uh, it's gonna be 
there in 2023. But I think that there are people that, like, whether Marvel wants to admit it or not, and they've done a great job, so I'm not hating, but just based on what I've seen is that fans want the Defenders back. And you could say what you will, but the Defenders on Netflix did very well. Like, I think those shows did very well. The only one that got really bad reviews, I think, from people is Iron Fist. And I'm in the minority there. I think Iron Fist was one of the best, personally. I but... I agree. Uh, except for campy villains, which I agree the villains were not good. Like, I loved the legal stuff part of that. Um, yeah. It wasn't the best legal drama, so to say, but it was better than people thought. I thought Luke Cage, outside of the first four episodes of the first season, was pretty abysmal like after conmouth dies in luke cage that show kind of goes that i agree with because after cottonmouth dies you know marshall ali is awesome and it's just like i don't know like it's like i didn't like bushmaster at all i'll have to rewatch the second season but i wasn't really too into it to be honest with you like it didn't it didn't really speak to me whereas i like the first season of luke cage uh, 2023, the way it sounds, it, it, we're going to get X-Men 97 uh, animated. I don't know how long that's going to last, but we're going to get that. Spider-Man freshman year, also animated. Um, we're getting Echo. We're getting Marvel Zombies. Uh, House of Harkness. Uh, we're getting What If Season 2. Secret Invasion, if it doesn't come out later this year. Uh, I Am Groot, which is probably you know, going to be a kid's geared thing, but could be interesting and iron heart. But aside from that, I think that's it for 2023. They might add, they might announce some stuff, you know, at the Disney plus day this year. And that's what I'm really looking forward to because they might like surprise us and drop like some titles we don't see coming for 2023. I wouldn't be surprised if they made blade into a TV show instead of a movie. That would be interesting. What's up, Ricky? What's going on, fellas? Uh, I was getting ready to, to jump off and go to bed because I got to go to work in a couple of hours. But until you said the Iron Fist, oh, my boy. I love the Netflix series of all the Daredevil, Iron Fist, and yada, yada. But the Iron Fist, I could not stand because it was repeatedly over and over him telling who he is. And that's the only part that bothered me about that whole show. That is fair. I didn't think of that. See, I liked Iron Fist because it gave me the vibes of Oliver Queen as Green uh, Green Era. And so, you know, I, I just like the whole, like his story, you know, the, the billionaire and, he comes back from the dead, so to speak. You know, everyone thinks he's dead. He comes back. And I thought the characters were great. Jessica Henwick stole the show, I think, in season two. Um, you know, she was phenomenal. But uh, Jessica Stroop, who was the kind of antagonistic old best friend, um, I thought she had a really good run with that show. And the guy who played, I forget his name, but... I thought he was really good. I ended up really liking his character. Tom Pelfrey as Ward. Um, I really liked Ward Meacham. Um, You know, he's a guy that at the beginning I couldn't stand, but 
I really liked his character development and like how, you know, he's just completely different in, in, at the end of season two. Whereas, you know, in season one, you just want to punch him in his face. Yeah, don't don't get us wrong. Like I I think what me and uh, Jake uh were saying and clarify Jake if I'm wrong. Um we're saying uh, that we just didn't hate it as much as like the general consensus was. It has a lot of flaws. It is definitely not a great show and they could have done a lot of things uh to make that show better but i did generally enjoy the direction they took the character i enjoyed the acting and i just felt it was missing a better villain better action scenes and then of course some campiness was thrown in there unnecessarily uh, that, that's fair um i have to try to go back and finish watching it because i i couldn't finish watching it like i'm I'm diehard on the Daredevil, the whole Daredevil series with with Cox. I I fell in love with that. Like I could not get enough of that. Uh, but the the Iron Fist, I was ready to see it. I was pumped. It came out and it was it, it just it, it hurt my feelings trying to watch that. And <laughs> I, I had to turn it off and. Um, I don't. I really don't know what else y'all all talked about tonight. I'll just rewind the whole episode uh, while I'm at work. But y'all have a good night, man. I gotta get some sleep, man. I got an hour and a half and gotta go to work. Oh, good you night, too, man. Ricky. Y'all take it easy, fellas. You too. All right, you bye. too. I I w- I will say like I, I felt that way with the second season of Luke Cage again. Like I can't get over how disappointed i was in the second season that show because how good before con mouth dies how good and great that show was it's because of him though i think like like you said you need to have a really good villain and i do think that's something that iron fist was lacking um they had a bunch of annoying dudes harold was really annoying um i mean obviously the hand are just incredibly annoying um, you know, they're obnoxious. Like, yeah. They're really obnoxious, man. They're so obnoxious. Um, Alice Eve as Typhoid Mary, I thought she did a good job, but it's just such a hard role to play. You know, it like you had to be three different characters, which is what I, Oscar Isaac did as Moon Knight, but you have to be a villain, and I think that's. I don't know. A lot of people didn't like her. Um, I thought they really set up a killer potential season three at the end of Iron Fist. I knew, obviously, it was canceled because I had started watching it last year. Um, I just kept, I couldn't believe how much I liked it because I kept hearing how terrible it was. And I went in thinking it was going to be terrible. And I really liked it. I, is it the greatest show I've ever watched? No, but. Uh, I, it was one of my favorites of the the series, and I think season two really lured me in. I feel like season two was my favorite, um, you know. But I do think, like, The Punisher, for instance, like, they could have gone seven seasons with The Punisher. I mean, The Punisher was fantastic. Uh, I, it only got stopped because, you know, Disney wanted it back, or, you know, Marvel Studios wanted the rights back, and... So they basically, you know, Netflix had to 
keep making them in order to keep it or whatever. And, you know, so which, which is better, uh, daredevil season two or punisher season one. Cause I think those are the two best individual seasons of Netflix, Marvel shows. Um, I low-key would say Jessica Jones Season 3 is better than both of them. Interesting. Interesting. Jessica Jones. Because uh, that's actually one where I remember it got... Didn't it get canceled before the third season came out? Or is close to it coming out? When, so like, Jessica a lot of Jones them... got canceled, but they kept the third season unlike some of the other ones. Like, it got canceled before the third season came out, and unlike the other ones that did actually film too, Jessica Jones, they allowed the season to actually come out. And that was the one with Salinger, who was just unbelievably annoying. Um, And you know what? I don't even know if I would say the... the, Because the first season with Kilgrave might have been the best one, so... I think season one and three were my favorite. Season two felt like okay, Kilgrave's not in the picture. Now we're dealing with kind of the backlash of it with Kozlov and, you know, all of that. I wasn't a huge fan of of season. I I thought season two was good, but I didn't think it was on the level of Kilgrave or Salinger. Salinger made you, like, furious. Because, I mean, he was like, you know, he's taking people out. He's like a serial killer, you know? And so, I, I don't know. And then, like, kind of the whole introduction to Hellcat as well albeit they kind of rushed it at the end. I do think season one, season one and three of Jessica Jones might've been my two favorites of any of the series, but season two of Iron Fist is up there. Season two of Daredevil, um, you know, season one of Luke Cage, season two of the Punisher might've actually low key been my favorite. Of of the Punisher series. Because I understand everyone loves season one. Season two, they took a risk, and I think it really paid off. I I feel like season two of Punisher is really good. I feel like the ending of it could, like, for some reason, it's one of those things where, like, the, the whole season is great. But, like, for some reason, the ending just doesn't speak to me. And it kind of, like, lowered it a few ticks. Uh, like Mass Effect is that way for me, where like I love the games, like they're great games, but the ending kind of soured it a little bit. So well, Mass like, Effect Three, yeah, yeah, Mass Effect Three. Uh, and I just felt like Punisher Season Two. I don't know if I was expecting a better payoff for the villain, but like I got where they were going, and I thought they did leading up to that point the whole transformation of his friend very well. It just, the it, it didn't land right to me for some reason. I get that. I mean, it's, I think it was kind of different. Um, I really liked it. I, I think all of the Netflix shows were really good. Uh, at least at one point, like that's the thing I liked about the defenders is that you can't tell me at one point that there wasn't really good TV during those seasons like daredevil was probably the most consistent jessica jones probably had the highest highs in my opinion um you know luke cage probably had the lowest lows but you know with you know marshall ali as uh cottonmouth i mean that was as good as any of them and 
the Punisher was great. And then on top of that, you know, you add in Iron Fist, which, you know, people may not like Iron Fist, but, you know, you can't deny there are certain parts in Iron Fist that are really imperative to the story of the Defenders. And, you know, I would say that, you know, there are some massive episodes, like really big episodes. And that one focused on the hand, um, like the like Daredevil, right? You didn't really see the hand in Luke Cage. I, I If I remember correctly, you might have seen them, but they weren't like a focal point. And you didn't really see the hand in Jessica Jones. Yeah, so, the Defenders as a show itself, though, where it... <sighs> It's one of those things where I thought that was going to be so much better than it turned out to be. I felt like they made a mistake on what director they went with. Um, the Defenders felt like, you know, it could have been a lot better. Um, but at the end of the day, I felt like it was fun, you know, and that's all I really could ask for. It's a mini series, So, you know, with a limited mini series, I just didn't expect it to be like amazing. So I was like, all right, this is fun. I dig it, whatever, and then kind of moved on. But, yeah. Um, we're at the hour mark, so I think we're going we're gonna to call it tonight. But, uh, Ashton, thank you for joining me to, to speak, and uh, Ricky as well. Julio, thank you for your participation in the comment section. Again, for whatever reason, the comment section wasn't loading. I just reloaded it. Um, but, yeah. So, yeah, I will see you guys next Monday uh, for MCU Edge. And for Rams Edge, I'll see you guys uh, if you're, you know, going to show up to that uh, Wednesday and Sunday. So, you guys take care and have a great night. I'll talk to you all soon. Adios.